You're listening to The Good Fight, where campus meets Christ. Hello, my name is Grace. Is it your turn? It is my turn. Oh. Greetings. I'm, I'm Timothy Kennedy. <laughs> and I'm Grace Alita. Yeah, Grace Alita jumped the gun there. I did. I didn't even finish my name. Would you like to restart? We can restart if you'd like. No, this is fine. Okay, perfect. Fine. Sorry. I got confused. I just got a sport in this right It's not a big deal. I mean, I could I could have let you just go ahead with it. But you started right when I was ready to start. And uh, I think you noticed. I did notice because you stared at me with your mouth halfway open about to speak. Um, but yes, welcome back to another week. Another week. And uh, this is going to be a, a, a difficult time for us. Yes. Do you want? To, does everyone want to guess why? Perfect. You're probably wrong. Um, it's because both of us have really bad allergies today. Yes. As it manifest manifested through my crying slowly right now, um, and lots of sniffling. Lots of sniffling. So there there might be a sneeze in there that we'll we'll have to edit in post. But I'm trying really hard to like contain all my sniffles right now. Yeah. We'll see. I don't know if I can make the full 45 minutes. Do you think we'll have to re- record with our heads like tilted back? Oh, yeah. We'll just start talking up to the ceiling. Yes. That uh, might work. If it gets bad enough, we will. I'll just scooch down in my chair so I'm still picked up by the mic. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Tim? I guess we are talking about gender roles. Yeah. And as Tim knows, I'm going to ask him a lovely follow-up question. Oh, yes. So, mm. Tim... Uh, when you think about gender roles, what what are you thinking about here? What am I thinking about? Uh, well, I'm thinking... What pops into your mind? First, a dichotomy. And I think that's something that I, I don't think we would have said that would have been as explicit, right, if we were recording this 50 years ago or 100 years ago or especially 500 years ago. But uh, dichotomy is the first thing I think of. Between genders? Between ideas of gender roles what are you uh would you say the dichotomy the dichotomy is is specifically in gender right so there's two genders male female and then when you apply roles to that that means they have uh different expected uh uh tasks role roles that's a hard word to come with a synonym for they have different uh duties Obligations. obligations duties different jobs really mm. with respect to all sorts of things and that can include you know within relationships within society within organizations those can come about through different uh, methods whether it's only cultural or whether that's uh, scriptural as we'll talk about or other sources if you were to give me your best description of stereotypical christian male and stereotypical christian female stereotypical like what would their roles be their roles Mm. so thinking about gender roles what do you think the stereotype for gender roles is from from what perspective from a christian perspective or from a societal perspective give me both both um i think from a christian perspective the stereotypical male he is i don't know (laughs) I uh, I hate to say this, but uh, a specific example comes to mind. I don't want to mention it because uh, I don't want to call him out. But <laughs> um, you know, devoted to the word, and that's going to apply to 
women too. So don't think that's just men, but in a very, um, in a very doctrinal way, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, think of like a pastor, you know, lots of memorized verses, likes to teach about them, very God fearing. Um, and, you know, as I, as I think about these things, a lot of them apply to women too, but I feel like they, they manifest differently. And then when it, when it comes to actual like functions, you know, what they actually accomplish, I think, yeah, pastor is a big one. Other forms of, of ministry, whether they're elders or, or deacons or however the church is established, you know, they have those re- leadership roles and also, um, in education. So in seminaries and in, in Bible colleges, there'll be, you know, the teachers there, but yeah, very often teachers of the word, I think for men start. And this is from the Christian perspective. Yeah. What do you mean by from the Christian perspective? I think it's uh it's a positive spin on the societal perspective. Okay. What do you think societal? Perspective? So societal says this is patriarchal, right? That, uh, it's completely culturally induced, uh, that it's a form of inequality, right? So, well, you haven't fully expanded it out yet. Yeah. I mean, that's... Sorry, I may have curse, forced you to jump the, the gun a little bit. Yeah. Do continue. I'm with... like all over the place now. I don't know where to pick up. <laughs> Do continue with the women. With the, the Okay. From a Christian perspective, women also, you know, they know the word, uh, they apply it, but it's more and in, in, in less of a, a teaching role, more of a relational role, right? So instead of being the, the guy on the pulpit telling you, you know, this is what the Bible says. You know, it's like your mother. It's your, you know, your close friend. More of that image that's teaching you in a more of a relational way, giving you advice, you know, that that kind of support. More of an, a nourishing support rather than a, an authoritative support, if, if, you could, if you can understand that distinction. Maybe. Continue with your, what do you think... Society, how does society see that? Society sees that as um, a form of inequality. Again, I, I guess that the women are... I'm going to avoid saying submissive because that can be taken many different ways, as we might discuss in a later episode. <laughs> but very much passive. Like they aren't... Like they don't... They don't value themselves highly. Does that make sense? They don't value themselves highly or yeah, they aren't yeah, the valued highly? Women inside society, both. Both. Okay. Both, yes. Neither valued by others nor by themselves. Interesting. And how do you think that works itself out in, let's say, something like marriage? What do you think the stereotype for that is? Uh, the stereotype, again, in... <laughs> I think you can go either way again. You know... I. I hope we'll talk more about this in a later episode, but uh, cursorily, you have kind of the the male authority and the female obedience, but you also have the male care. I want to use a word other than love because love is provision. A provision, yeah, provision, selflessness, and the women. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I, know I hope I didn't say. make you feel too much like a fish out of water. You seem to look and <laughs> yeah, you definitely speak did. as though you felt like a fish out of water. I, yeah, this is not not my expertise. I haven't read the chapters on this in Grooms yet. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So you're just really behind. Yeah. I haven't either. No, I have. I take this back. 
Um, but only his first edition, not his second. So who oh, knows what he's at it. It's basically so a whole more. different book. Um, yeah, so I think a good place to start is, whether you're a Christian or not, I think um, it's very easy to look. Like, when just in the way that you're conceiving of stereo, like traditional gender roles, you have a man whose responsibility is to uh, get a job. By that I mean a job. And find himself a wife, marry said wife, have some children with said wife, provide for said wife and children. The end. You have, this is obviously very cut and dry. Yeah, you've you obviously thought about this beforehand. Have I obviously thought about this beforehand? Yeah. As a, oh, as opposed to you yeah. coming up with it? Yeah. I mean, I've thought about this topic, yeah, a whole lot. Um, and then you have a woman who, well, I guess is a girl first, but well, a girl who becomes a woman whose kind of role in life is to find herself a husband or be found by said husband and then have children and stay at home with said children and raise them and care for them. The end. Obviously, that is quite the oversimplification, I think. But I do think that is the way that a lot of people come into kind of perceiving kind of male and female relations um, as a whole. And so I think the interesting thing to look at here is you were being a little bit more nuanced than I was. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize you wanted it that that's that, that simple. That's I was like with, yes. I was like trying to like open my mind to everything. <laughs> to every like, you were trying to take in all the different perspectives. Yeah. Um I don't have time for perspectives. I am kidding. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's interesting because obviously the fact that a stereotype exists, um, or at least in this case, there is some some truth to it, right? Mm-hmm. Of the idea of marriage, that's really important, especially by Christians. The idea of getting married mm-hmm. and having children, also important. Um, and then when it comes to kind of the differences between male and female, that's where we get to have a little bit more fun, and that is what we shall be doing fun. today. <laughs> so I thought we could probably start in Genesis, because why not? Um, well, I, you know, that is where the Bible starts. Really? <laughs> so yes. Um, do you want to start? Do you want to give a quick summary for the beginning of Genesis? Just Genesis one and two, maybe just one and a little bit of two. All right. There's nothing, and then God says, "There's something," and there's something. Nice. That's a good summary. There's an order to it, but need not get into the details. You're picking up on the way that I speak. I like yeah, it. I learned. Yeah, you've learned. I learned quickly too. That was a little bit too short for me, though. So uh, you no. <laughs> you overshot. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so you have nothing, you have something, you have the whole world, then you have Adam, God creates Adam, what does he make Adam out of? The, the mud. Yes, yes. Um, then there's an Adam, and then what happens with Adam? Pick up from there. Uh, what happens with Adam? He names the animals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because God says, you need a helper. Yeah. So he names all the animals. Naming, by the way, is a very critical thing in Genesis. It's like... So critical. I, I can't even explain how critical naming is. Uh, read Genesis. Focus on naming. Profound. Anyway, he names all the animals. And then God is like, none of these animals are good enough for you. So he puts Adam to sleep. Mm-hmm. And depending on how you translate it, takes one of his ribs and uh, makes Eve, woman, yep. to be his helper. Exactly. So do you know what the word helper is? Pop quiz. No, I don't. 
I probably recognize it, but I don't know it off off the top of my head. Timothy Kinnaman. What a shame. I haven't studied. I haven't studied my biblical languages. I. Yet. The reason I was asking because last year at Illumina, Yolanda in the Illumina talk mentioned it. Why you would remember that, I don't know, but I did. <laughs> oh, she mentioned it, therefore I should remember it. Yes, I have high standards for my friends. Um, it's the word Azer. Do you recognize the word Azer? No, I don't recognize that one. Oh my goodness, this is going to be fun. I really haven't started Hebrew at all. Okay, do you have the Bible anywhere near you? Uh, I have my computer. Okay. I have it in front of me. I can just read it then. Okay. Is that good with you? Yes. So we're going to do read Genesis. Um, it's going to be two... And where should we start? 2.18. And let me swap to... I don't have NIV on here. I'm going to read from NASB instead mm. for people who are... I appreciate it. Yeah, people who are wondering. That's my preferred Bible. Really? By the way. Oh, that's great. I like it. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Um, so starting from verse 18. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. And so out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names, oops, I lost my place. The man gave names to all the cattle and and to the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned to into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to him. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, the man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. They shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And so, going back to the word azer. That's basically what I said, by the way. That is what you said. No, I think you did a very good job. Oh, I liked it. I was just going to read azer and then I was like, I'll just keep going. Because, you know. Oh. Anyway, yes. So, Adam has a new azer. The azer is, is helper. And the fun fact about the word azer is that for however many times it's used in the old testament which is i don't remember i googled it and a lot it's quite it's a quite substantial amount the majority of those times um the word is referring to to god so god being the easer for israel Mm. god is israel's helper and obviously that's key right because when you commonly think of the word helper at least in the english language it doesn't quite capture what azer azer actually means Mm -hmm. um a better translation of Azer is the one who does for you what you cannot do for yourself. Mm. And so that's why God, when he is rescuing Israel, is being their Azer because he's doing for Israel what Israel cannot do for themselves, for herself. Um, and the reason why that's important is because I think when we commonly think of gender, when outsiders commonly think about Christian gender roles, there's this idea of there being a inherent inferiority of women right and although the caveat is yes there were some good old theologians way back when like our good old feller aquinas gotta love him a lot of great stuff a lot of great stuff in there they yes they did write some really wonderful things um they also believed that women were uh inferior to men yes inherently inferior um as we so have it now obviously there are still some people who hold that belief but the majority of Christians, and by majority I mean like, like all the way up there on that bar, there are some exceptions 
um, but in general it's pretty much conclusive, um, that women are equal in worth, value, and dignity to men. That's one place that comes from, is from here, is from looking at the word Azer mm-hmm. and the way that Azer is used to other places in the Bible. There's also the idea of taking from a rib um, as equal in, well, this is depending on your interpretation. Substance. But equal, equal in substance. In substance, but then also equal in, I don't know what the right word is. Um, if you're... You're holding your hands together. Like a, I'm holding them parallel to each other, as right. in saying equal in rank almost. Um, I don't uh, know if that's in, the best word. In stature? Maybe stature. In... Depending on your, we'll get into this later, depending on your interpretation, it is occasionally, it is occasionally used for equal in authority. I feel like I'm that's out of Illumina right now. disagreed upon. Oh, getting the <laughs> nice hand movements. It's your own personal Illumina. I really felt like you needed it. You're like, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're sharing my personal Illumina with, it, with everyone. I am, I am. You're welcome. Yeah, so that's, I think that's a good place to start because it really sets down the framework for where Christians are coming from when they believe in, kind of when they're talking about gender. Yeah. Um, and it's coming from this idea that there is, they're equal in value, worth, and dignity. I think is the way, I think, I might be stealing that from John Piper. I don't agree with John Piper on everything. I do like his, his equal and worth, value, and dignity. I think that's a very good way of of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, another way of talking about it is if you're talking about kind of um, the way that man is described in the Old Testament is as the image bearer of God. There are like mankind is a representation of, mm, representation isn't the best word, but we're going to use it for now. Representation of God, right? Um, or reflection. 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 That's the one I wanted. Reflection is Thank much you. better. Yes. Um, not to get into some idolatry, you know, <laughs> issues. So yes, a reflection of God and that reflection appears at, like appears in mankind as a whole, aka both in man and in woman. That's our baseline mm-hmm. that we're walking into this. That being said, that's also from Genesis. That is also from Genesis. There's also this third thing from Genesis that we haven't mentioned yet. We've been implying. What do you think that one is? Oh no! Oh. This is how I feel when you ask me questions. Ah, oh, but your, my questions aren't technical. <laughs> <laughs> they feel technical. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just how I ask them. You like, like analyze this passage from Genesis. I'm like, oh no. Uh, what have we been implying this whole time? What do we assume? I have no idea. Oh, two. Oh, I said that way at the beginning. All right. Oh, my bad. That was the first thing I said. Actually, I said dichotomous. Oh, you did say dichotomous. I was okay. I didn't understand what you meant when you said that oh. at first. I wasn't sure the context, but yes, we've been what we've been implying here and talking about is this difference. What you've in, been implying what I what said I've been implying and what Tim has just known, like stated from the beginning, is this difference of of male and female as two distinct genders. Mm-hmm. Would you like to talk? What are your thoughts on that? What are my thoughts on that? Um, that's my thought. You were mentioning a Bible verse earlier. Uh, Do you want to talk about that? Genesis? Deuteronomy. Oh, Deuteronomy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a interesting verse here in Deuteronomy. It says, I don't know what translation this is. It's just on my computer. But um, it says, this is Deuteronomy 22.5. A woman must not wear men's clothing, nor a man wear women's clothing, for the Lord your God detests anyone who does this. Yeah, so clearly... I'm sure all of you have met Christians, Christian females who wear pants. Um, Sin. Get them out. <laughs> get them out. I'm literally wearing pants right now. 
There are some, there are some, like, it should be noted, there are some Christian groups who do choose to wear, like, females wear, like, predominantly um, skirts and dresses. Uh, Well, Amish and then older Mennonite are two famous, I guess, if you will, groups. But then there's also, like, within certain Pentecostal Baptist sects, there are. Have you not met these? No, no. I have friends who only wear skirts. I'm learning so much today. Yeah, I... Well, that's, this is your other fun fact. So that is one that's still, what exactly, like what this verse is specifically yeah. referring to is still specifically debated. Um, but obviously most, I, I think the majority, I would guess the majority of Christians don't believe that this means women can't wear pants. And so it seems to be that there's an underlying principle that's being kind of discussed here. And that's like the inherent, what's the word I want? Distinction. Distinction. I think distinction. Between genders. Difference. Difference works, but I think distinction is a better term. Let's go with distinction then. Distinction has more of an optical difference, I think, which is what this passage is getting mm-hmm. at, is the optical difference. Difference, I feel like, almost leads you to the ontological difference, which we've already discussed. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that, that is good. That's a good point. So. And that, that issue is obviously where Christianity, as we were talking about last week, we were talking about culture wars, this in and of itself, is clearly something that... Huge. Yeah. Christians... Huge. And non-Christians disagree with substantially. <laughs> yes. Um, in many in many aspects and in large degree. Don't ex- oh, yeah. Do you want to explain that at all? No. Okay. I'll just leave it vague. Sorry, that's how I speak. I speak very vaguely. Right? Oh, yeah, Nothing yeah, yeah. straightforward. Uh-huh. Nice. Um, Except when I describe Genesis. <laughs> But I do think, I think it's important to note because whether you're a Christian or not, I think it's important to understand where, like where the Christian perspective is coming from. Mm -hmm. It's not purely tradition, right? Like there are certain things that Christians, like certain denominations, if you're Protestant, like certain denominations have. um, Traditional. Traditional. Interpretations. Right. Yeah. But this is something that's coming from, like apart from tradition, Obviously, tradition holds this belief, but Christians don't believe it merely because it's right. something that's been, like, held throughout history. Um, rather, it comes from, like, we were talking about two weeks ago now, about biblical authority. Um, it's like this, this, this idea or this concept of a distinction in genders is, like, comes from... The Bible. The Bible. From the very beginning. It's literally the first two chapters we see. Mm-hmm. in the bible assume a difference in gender uh, and then that continues throughout i would say not actually it's not just assume it's like declare yeah i i, I would agree with declaring yeah. declaring that's a good word for describing genesis 1 and 2 in just one word declaration yeah <laughs> did you ever watch 1776 as a kid no oh that's a musical isn't it yeah it's great. Okay. Or I watched the movie version of the musical. I don't know. That's besides the point. It's besides the point, but it is a great... I highly recommend. <laughs> I loved that as a kid. I watched it so much. Um, Where were we? I don't remember. Distinction between Christians and non-Christians. Yes. And going back to what we said two weeks ago about the Bible, you know, that's the source of the Christian beliefs. Um, and tying this also to some of the stuff we talked about last week, that's also the source of why we disagree a lot with the general 
cultural view on a lot of things is because we go, here's what the Bible says. Therefore, this is what I believe. Mm-hmm. Non-Christians obviously do not look at the Bible and say, this is what the Bible says. Therefore, this is what I believe. Right. Which this might be a good time to bring up. I don't know if it is or not, but it just popped into my mind. So I'll say it anyway. Is the reason why like certain expectations Christians have for other Christians is different than expectations Christians have for those who are not Christians in terms of, um, let me come up with a good example, but whether or not you think something, whether or not, like whether a Christian thinks something is moral or immoral, that's obviously Mm. a baseline truth. That's objective truth. Whether you expect others to live up to that standard Mm. Mm -hmm. or will hold them accountable for it, obviously then is different, right? And we could talk about the scriptural basis for that another day. Okay. Maybe another semester. But actually, maybe in this semester, I don't know. I thought about including that really? somewhere. Yeah. We should throw it in. I like it. I think it's... No, I, I do think it's a critical distinction to make as well. Yeah. Hate the sin, love the sinner is kind of the mantra for that approach. Right. So... Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that was a tangent. I forget where I was now. Do you remember? Uh, you said something about... Well, look, how about we summarize what we have so far? Okay. Do you want to start? Go for it. I won't critique this okay, time. Okay. Okay. I might critique. I won't. I don't know where. To, I don't know where to begin. I feel like to summarize, I would just end up saying everything we already said. Dichotomous. There's two genders. This is all from Genesis. All right. Focusing on Genesis. Uh, those genders are equal in dignity, value, and worth. Worth. Yep. Ah, yep. I was gonna say worth. So that's also from Genesis. But there is very clearly a difference between them, and we get that in Deuteronomy as well. Mm-hmm. What those differences are, how we approach those differences, why we believe in differences or not comes from whether we base our authority on Scripture or on something else. Correct. And even within, I think this is actually the perfect place of where we're going, is then obviously we have distinctions within the Christian church. Yes. Um, and on many things, too. On, yes, this is... <laughs> this is by far not To the... name one of many, and this is probably one of the more inconsequential... Not inconsequential, but... Mm-hmm. I, it, the num- I don't think... The number of people who think that their opponents are not seeking God... It's one of the health- are... healthiest disagreements. Yeah. Well... Sort of. <laughs> it's also not... I don't know. If he, not very healthy. If Paul could see the church now, he'd have a heart... He Maybe... I don't know how that works, but he would have a heart attack. He'd be like, y'all, do you know how many times I told you in my letters to not split? I told you every other letter, and many times in letters, don't split. Please don't split. And now look what you have. So... That, that's a sad day at the office for him. <laughs> sad day at the office. Yeah. He tried really hard and it did not work. So this difference between, or the uh, the the differing interpretations mm-hmm. within within Christianity. All right. Okay. So both of these claim, both of these claims come from scripture. I've looked at the arguments. I think there's definitely good arguments on either side. Um, of course, I hold to one side. I'm not going to like, explain myself here though um so that's not the point the point is to say some christians believe in what's called complementarianism others believe in what's called egalitarianism yep and uh, if you can tell from the word which egalitarianism 
there are some people who are trying to now call it mutualism. So in case you hear mutualism, egalitarianism, there isn't much of a difference. Um, But mutualism is the new term because there's a fight with linguistics and they were saying that the complementarians came up with the word egalitarianism and they didn't, I don't know, whatever it was. But long story short, yes. And uh, it's important to note that this relationship is not strictly dichotomous. Correct. Uh, There is a, a wide kind of field of views between the two. And it's really hard to define what is actually kind of the core of each mm-hmm. side. But in, in general, complementarianism is, right, it still begins with equal value, dignity, and worth, uh, as does egalitarianism. But it says um, there are complementary roles Correct. for males mm-hmm. and females, whether in, you know, and that's where the degree comes in a lot. You know, you can say, you know, those are only in the family and in the church, not in society. Those are in society, family, and the church. So there's in, only in the family. Right? There's a lot of different combinations there. Um, but and to what extent it's in the like the yeah, church yeah. or society? Yes, there's many mm-hmm. variations, many many gradations. Mm-hmm. Egalitarianism kind of throws out the whole idea of of complementary roles and says equal value, dignity, worth, and I don't want to say equal, but the same possibility of roles. Right. Like there's no, yes, there's no, there's no restriction in role. Yeah. To duty or to uh, gender. I don't know. From, from gender. From gender. Yes. Due to gender. Due to gender. All those work. Maybe not mine, but the other two work. (laughs) Right. And this is where we, we start having all the questions. And I think it is important to note, like, as you mentioned at the beginning, that both sides slash the middle um, are drawing from. <laughs> Your hand motions are always so good. I must say, we should I, start. We should record these honestly. Okay. <laughs> in case people are wondering what Tim is laughing at, I had my two hands out in front of me, like I was holding a box, like an imaginary box that wasn't there, and then I had my one hand wave back and forth to describe the middle. The middle. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> But yes, you have your everyone on the sides and the middle and everything and like all of this, except the outside, are appealing to scripture as the basis for their argument. And yes, so they come yes. to different conclusions, but all of them are seeking or like un, like are recognizing scripture as a, like as authoritative right. and are seeking an answer and a stance that they can support via mm-hmm. scripture. And so this means that you have lots of very nuanced arguments discussing what the yeah. word head means and whether very. head means source or whether head has like has um can imply authority yeah. there's Super like technical. very very technical arguments on either side um same thing with like talking about adam coming or eve being made out of adam there's um like arguments about the right translation of the word rib versus yeah. side versus what does it mean if it's made from, if like she's made from side like from the side of Adam, um, what would that like anyway? There's so many, and it's not it's not limited to the Old Testament either. Um, correct, correct. Some, yeah. some of the more consequential verses are. In oh the yeah, New yeah, Testament. yeah. That's actually a good point. In the New Testament, you have um, in Timothy, Second Timothy, First, first Timothy, yeah. um, and in Titus, I think. and in, yes. Yes, yes. You have I forget which one's which. One of them is women should not speak in the in church and the other is that women should not have authority. 
Yeah. Over. I don't remember. Either. I don't remember. It's it's one or the other. Um, but then there's discussions there about. Who does this apply to? What are they talking about? What is the context yeah. to the early church? Because there's also scripture in Timothy that says that, wait, no, Corinthians, right? That says that women should not, should have their hair covered, should wear head yeah. coverings. Yeah. And obviously most modern churches don't believe or like don't. Yeah, don't believe in the wearing of head coverings. But then there's some arguments of like, well, head covering actually means yeah. hair. And anyway. It's like so technical. Long story short, very, very technical. And we're not experts. We're not experts at all. And the people who are experts have... Like, still disagree. Still disagree. You have like N.T. Wright, who is one of the leading New Testament like scholars who radically disagrees with like Grudem, Wayne Grudem, who also has like... Mm-hmm written a ridiculous amount um also yeah and also phd in new testament theology so yeah so it's i mean it's like there yes it's a very interesting discussion to follow i feel like there, there's more to say but i don't know where to go there's so much more to say that it's right. hard to know where to go yeah I, well i think we've stressed the the real important part there is that you know we can disagree yeah, we can disagree. As, as long we'll... as our disagreement is rooted in the Bible, and as long as uh, our disagreement is, A, healthy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we don't actually like, hate people who disagree with us, uh, and B, it's uh, a collaborative, is that a good way to put it? That we're always seeking to go back to the Word and say, what does the Bible actually teach us? Yeah. And another thing to mention that I forgot um, earlier is if you're thinking about that stereotype of like a husband and a wife where the husband's like the one making the bread by that I mean making money and working and the wife is the one like staying home with the children of yes there are Christians who end up following something that looks much more similar to that mm-hmm. um, but there are also Christians who end up following something that very much does not look like that yeah um and I think that's becoming more and more prevalent because society has changed a lot in that regard. But right, yeah, you know that's like it. And like I, there the number I, I can't off the top of my head. I don't think there's anyone any major Christian group that would say that for a woman to work would be sinful or reprehensible. Um, I'm sure there are. I'm sure there probably are, someone. but yeah, but not not a super common argument here. No, I think even yeah. Even John Piper, I don't believe that, doesn't say that. Yeah, that doesn't sound like something he would say. Contrast that with views that are not rooted in scripture. Contrast that? Yeah. Oh, like give examples? Examples or, (laughs) as I speak very generally, right? What what is the difference between... Do you mean like the extremes? Like the extremes that go outside of my my little endpoints? Exactly, exactly. So on the one hand, you have what is traditionally called uh, patriarchalism. And that's basically the idea that um, it's the extreme of complementarian is basically what you could call it. Um, Which is the idea that like man is inherently superior to women. And it also means that like um, the, the concept of what submission in marriage looks like. Mm -hmm. um, We didn't really touch on that, but there are, there are the biblical passages that discuss kind of discuss that like uh, a wife should submit to her husband. And so there's this idea of submission and that's what's at play here. And maybe we can go into that more at a later date, but for now that's the brief context. There's a lot to talk about. (laughs) Um, I want to say 
just real quick on both the I don't know patriarchalism and when we get to the other side of that too you know they can come from really any authority outside of scripture right right there's a lot of i think like power-based theories that could really i think lead to a a certain type of patriarchalism that men are stronger in most cases Mm -hmm. so that that kind of physical force is might makes right uh sort of argument paganism, any sort of other religious beliefs that would teach this. Right? There are a host of sources that can compel either side. So right. the the distinction is not exactly what it's coming from, but just that it's not coming from the Bible. Yeah. And I forget what the name of the, the group um, beyond egalitarianism would be, but that tends to be veering towards kind of the dissolution of gender differences as a whole yeah um and so going beyond just saying that there isn't something uh that there isn't a difference between what a husband and wife can do so like egalitarianism has this idea or is much more focused on the idea of mutual submission Mm -hmm. um and so it's going kind of beyond this idea of mutual submission i would say way beyond but there's Unlike complementarianism, where it's a little bit easier to break apart the different arguments, egalitarianism yeah. is a little bit harder to break apart. Mm-hmm. It's still ridiculously broad in terms of, like, the way it ends up kind of manifesting itself mm-hmm. and the way that what people specifically believe. Um, but it is a lot harder to break break down. So think way beyond the end of egalitarianism, kind of not actually, but you know, is this idea is the dissolution of kind of the difference between genders themselves. Right. Which, it, as we talked about, is something that is pretty clear in scripture. Mm-hmm. So. So you have it. I feel like that just felt like a, a sprint. It didn't feel it like. It did. Yeah. We like breezed past everything and it's all gone in the wind. No. Maybe that's just, maybe I was, I was being too, too concise. I don't know. I, I really. There's also a lot here. If I could say there was one thing that I thought was just like so good. It was the beginning where you talked about the Azer. That was, really? Yeah, that was, I'm glad. Learned a lot from that. I'm glad. That's probably one of my because I've I've I mean maybe was that straight from Yolanda? No, I knew that this before Yolanda, oh, but wow. I knew I liked Yolanda when she brought it up uh, because she was one of the first people I had heard who spoke about it, like just brought it up casually and mm. when talking about Genesis, and I was like, yes. So where did you learn it? Um, I learned it. Hmm. I don't know. Some book that I was reading about egalitarianism, I think. Huh. Interesting. Potentially Scott McKnight? I don't know. Or N.T. Wright. Those are the two that would likely have been it. Hmm. But, yes, I mean, I like this topic. I feel Yeah, you obviously convicted. have thought a lot more about it than I have. <laughs> I mean, I think it's probably because it's a little bit more relevant. Not relevant, but like, well, the context for Consequential? This, consequential, yeah, in terms of life pursuits and yeah i was raised in a variety of churches and Mm. so there was some church whiplash if you will kind of to be honest to be completely honest i had no idea there was a difference between this two sides and within christianity until um i was asked by a friend like almost exactly a year ago wow so and it you know we were just like eating dinner together and he asked me so are you like complementarian or egalitarian I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> and, I feel uh, like that's fair, though. Yeah. Fair in the sense that, like, 
And I think my, my views have changed since then, even not a ton. I think I had the right notion of where I was headed then, but still I've changed yeah. in how I actually believe in that. But yeah, not something in, in the end, not something I've thought about a whole lot since then either, mm-hmm. but I'll get there. Yeah. When I get to chapter, uh, what was that, like 36 in, in Brutum Systematic, and I'll have to think more about it. So what have we learned today, Tim? We've learned that Azer is the word for helper. <laughs> Azer is the word. And it's I, used more for God than for woman. Yeah. Wait, let me find how many times, just to drill it in, because I remember when I learned this, actually being like shocked. Fast facts. I was genuinely shocked by... Yeah, and it does come from the... Pro- like, the problem is that the English word for helper doesn't fully encompass... Right. That that tends to be a lot of the issues there. Which is kind of frustrating. Um, okay. So, twice it is used... So, the, the, the noun Ezer is used 21 times in the Old Testament. Twice it is used in the context of the first woman, a.k.a. Eve. Three times it is used of people helping or failing to help in life-threatening situations, and 16 times it is used in reference to God as a helper. That's crazy. That is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Here's, um, here's, I don't know who this, I'm literally, I don't know where this is from, but this is someone's commentary. John Walton. I don't know anything about him. I'm just pulling him up, so I'll stop if I disagree, but I don't think I will. Um, The word helper is common enough as a description of someone who comes to the aid of or provides a service for someone. It carries no implication regarding the relationship or relative status of the individuals involved. In fact, the noun form of the word found in this verse as used elsewhere refers almost exclusively to God as the one who helps his people. If we expand our investigation to verbal forms, as opposed to, I guess, just nouns, uh, we find a continuing predominance of God as the subject, although there are a handful of occurrences where people help people. Yeah. And hmm. uh, nothing suggests a subservient status, status of the one helping. In fact, the opposite is more likely. Certainly, helper cannot be understood as the opposite such complement of leader. That's interesting. So, yes, that's... So, yes, that is my... That is that is the summary. I really think that's a cool fun fact. And that's one that like no one really disagrees on. Yeah, I mean it's one of the more technical facts. Yes. But it is one of the more technical facts, but I think it's important because it is. Yeah. It's one of the words that if you I think you can the reason why I think it's important is less because people disagree on it because that's not disagreed upon really by either side. Like neither whether you're complementarian or egalitarian, no one disputes the fact that the word azer means more than our like our english conception of helper right um but that that comes out in the equal uh right value dignity exactly but because i know at least when i first read that not knowing what the word helper meant i think it provokes kind of an allergic reaction um i don't don't know it can i there is a certain sense in just helper right that you need it right but it, it's not quite as explicit as right. as you've laid out. So, yeah, there we go. I hope you all enjoyed. <laughs> what are we talking about next week? Um, we're, con- we're not continuing on this thread, are we? We are sort of continuing on this thread in continuing to look at equality. The next two okay. weeks yep. we'll look at equality. Next week we're looking specifically at race. The week after that we will be looking at equality in general looking at what does the Bible say about equality. Nice. 
This sounds like I'm excited. I think these would be good. I am, yeah. So yes, thank you all for tuning in this week. We had a really, I had a really fun time. <laughs> I had a very, uh, a very enlightening time. <laughs> Just always good. Um, so please, please let us know what your thoughts are, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, facts. You can email them to us at witnessthegoodfight at gmail.com. What facts would people send us? Are they like trying to correct us? Yeah, like I those know. kind of facts? I don't I know. I was just going to keep going. I mean, I was just going to send us our, their name. I'd be like, hi. My name is Grace Lita. It's a fact. The end. I'd be like, hi. I'd email them back. <laughs> Please email me. I would too, to be honest. We'd love to get to know you. Yeah. If if people email us questions, we will answer them. So. Maybe we should add an incentive. Like, uh, first person to email us uh, will get uh, to join us for an episode next semester. Yes. Let's make that. Let's do that. If you email us, you can join us. I don't even know. I'm sure people try. How about this? You can join us for like an interview with a pastor or something or Christian thinker. Look at that. Email us. Who listens this far to our podcast? But if you listen this far to our podcast, email us. The rewards are great. The rewards are great and the people are few. I don't know. Uh, this what is it? The Reapers? The Reapers? Yes. Whatever. The, uh, you know the verse I'm talking about. I do. I do. My pastor likes to use that one, or he did for a couple of weeks. Nice. The harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. Yes. Okay. So the not workers, but the listeners. There's a good. The listeners are few. Um, yes, you can also follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Witness the Good Fight. Wait, no. At Good Fight. At the the, the good, good Fight, fight Pod. I'm sorry. <laughs> I should know that at good at the good fight pod. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, we didn't get enough characters oh, to do witness, witness the good fight. I see. It was so we're just the good fight pod. Pod. Oh, my bad. Yeah, not to be confused with. There's another um, like TV show or something called The Good Fight. Oh, that's yeah, that's true. That's true. But we're like way better than them. So no, of course, we're talking about Jesus. Yeah. No idea what they're about. <laughs> not even a competition. And then finally, you can join our Twitter. I still haven't followed us on Twitter, but I don't have a Twitter, so it's literally impossible. I haven't checked it in a few days. And, uh, oh, you don't even know if people have... Yeah, maybe there's like a million people now. We just shot, skyrocketed. <laughs> and that that username is uh, at goodfightpod. Yes, indeed. Because who needs a the on Twitter when you care about your character limit? Because that's 280 characters. I, I never understood the rationale for limiting what you can say, but... I don't know. Clearly, I don't either. Completely, un- completely unrelated. So, yes. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Have a good week. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on The Good Fight, where campus meets Christ.